All right, and we are live now with a guest who uh, forced me to record tonight for his own desires. How are we doing today, Ping? I'm doing great, our dog. First of all, kids, I am liquid. So, Ooh, all right. <laughs> could, let's go. Could be dangerous, but could be very entertaining. Could be both. We'll find out where this goes. Yeah. All right, I guess we'll have to top here. You know, we don't really have anything DSEC specific to talk about. What's uh, your like your burning sports thing you want to talk about? You know, like a very like firm opinion that may be a little controversial. You know, like your your thoughts on like the hold or on wins and all that. I really think. I mean, people probably have been thinking this for a long time and just think it'll never happen. But I really think the Yankees should take. They should just do it. I don't disagree. I mean, I feel like as a as a fandom who's always like tried to achieve the best, like just fucking tank, just do it, get rid of the fat. I know no one wants it, but just get rid of it so it's not there anymore. There's like you don't need to get anything for it, but just get rid of it. Don't worry about it. Just get rid of it. Like Josh Johnson, cut. Or trade and pay his whole salary. Who cares? Yeah. Um, those kind of things. Like just free up roster spots and let guys play. Um, if you believe in your minor league system, fucking two percent, do it. What are you benefiting from having a rotten old? I saw something like he was uh, gonna be the the guy with the least amount of hits. With 10 home runs or more. Yeah, I think he had like 14 or 15 hits. Yeah, crazy. The All-Star break. Crazy set, yeah. And he has 10 home runs. And eight of those have come in losses, I believe. Right, right. <laughs> like, clearly not good. Not good, Bob. I mean, if, if it was like, okay, we're on the up and up, cool. But Aaron Judge, is, obviously this is going to be a throwaway year. Um, Carlos Rendon is going to have, you know, a mediocre year. He's going to be building up his strength the whole season. Just fucking phone it in. Call it, call it what it is in a lost, call it a lost season. Like just admit it and fucking move on. Tank, like get a better draft pick. Like call it, hey, be fucked up. Get, roll some heads. I eat Ryan Cashman. Yep, that's and where I would start. Call it, a, call it a day. Call it a day. You know, um, everyone would be like, "Oh fuck, yeah, the Yankees suck." Like, good, let them suck for a fucking year, one year, and then do it next year and just start fresh. Don't try to push for the playoffs and and fail like they consistently do. But I'm more and more convinced, like. I don't know if you've seen the movie Major League I with, the Indians, with the Indians and Charlie Sheen, but the premise of that story is where they. So I heard this on another podcast, so I'm not saying this is an original idea, but um, it's like where they phone it in and the owner's like trying to tank the season, like, like either move the franchise or do something to the franchise, but she's trying to lose as much as she can. And. I almost feel like that's what Kyle has done. He's like, I'm going to be persistent because my dad wasn't. He's just 
doing all the wrong things. And he's like, Brian's a good guy, so I'm going to trust this guy and then his whole staff to do what they're doing until until I think otherwise. But, I mean, if they keep making the playoffs, I feel like that's just going to make him think he's doing well, yep. if not good. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. And my, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on the matter? Um, I don't know if you need to like tank tank. I think if you can do what happened in like twenty sixteen, where like they traded away like their veterans like Chapman and Miller, and they kind of just almost rebuilt on the fly. But I think to do that you need a new general manager because my biggest qualms are Brian Cashman, because I don't think over the last call it like six or seven years, because the, the transition between the core four and the baby bombers was just not Nothing was going to come from those years. But ever since like Judge essentially debuted and they had their run in 2017, I don't think I've seen a general manager do less with more money, essentially. Um, we've done the same exact strategy, you know, go go for these these home run hitters, you know, who who cares what how consistent they are, you know, it'll it'll line up in the playoffs and we'll be a feared team, they'll walk, they'll hit homers and we'll score runs. And lo and behold, every single time they get to the postseason and they face a team with pitching worth a damn, they get shut down in hilarious fashion. Like even Judge has like a abysmal batting average in the playoffs over his career, partly because no one else in the lineup can hit the ball come playoff time, and you don't have to worry about pitching around him. It's just right beyond frustrating right. watching the same exact thing on offense. Like I kind of. I, I, I did make the, the Charlie Brown joke about the National League before the National League actually won the All-Star game, thanks to the damn dirty apes blowing it for the AL. But, like, it, that's what feels to watch, like, Yankee baseball is, like, Charlie Brown's going to kick the football, and Lucy, or in this case the offense, is going to pull it out from him right as he goes to kick it, and they're going to lose. It just happens every year. And, you know, I, I understand, you know, it's, it's oh, Yankee fans, oh, you guys are just never happy. Like, okay, look, there's different expectations for – for the Yankees, so I'm sorry that your sorry ass team <clears throat> Mariners aren't really up to par with that. But for what the Yankees are supposed to be at these last few years have just been like a, a glaring like, what are we even doing here? We have all this payroll, all this supposed talent on paper, and we've gotten nothing from it. Like something has to change and it starts with Cashman. Yeah, the guy making the decisions. Um I'm not so sold on Aaron Boone. Like, I mean, he's a good enough manager, in my opinion. But at the same time, like, there could be somebody better. But at the same time, it still just comes back to Brian Cashman, you know? Yeah, it's like, not necessarily a manager thing. If the players love Aaron Boone, fine. Keep him. But you need to do something with the people making decisions for the people on the roster. Yeah, he, he's Boone himself is not irreplaceable. Like Boone also didn't go into the regular season with nothing in left field, with Josh Donaldson playing every day, and with gestures broadly at everything. Um, it's just, yeah, it's really the team is basically yeah. just being held together by like Garrett Cole and Garrett Cole, really. Yeah, right. I would um, like to see. I do have- I would like to Go see, ahead. yeah, I would like to see Oswald Peraza play last half of the year. I don't, I don't, I'd, I don't. Like to, I'd like to see them go too far and bring up uh, Jason, you know, like I'd like to see them do a move that's irrational for a change, you know, like 
don't play like the baby handcuffs thing. Like let's let's put a let's put a prospect up there that's not ready. I mean, I know it's New York, it's a big stage, whatever. But like, let's do something like that instead of just like only using them as trade bait. That's all we're doing with our prospects. That's all we're doing. Um, we're gonna trade Jason for uh, Otani, maybe. Okay, cool. We get a half season. He's not gonna resign. He's not. Although I will say, like you know, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily opposed to just if you can have really good player development in the minors and turn them into guaranteed major leaguers. But I've had like four or five instances this year where I'll be reading something probably in the athletic and the type of, oh yeah, you know, and maybe come like September, October, you have Frankie Montas. I'm like, oh yeah, that dude exists. And I just get mad all over again because of how bad that trade was. Like we'd, yeah, we'd, we'd even lose anything of value in it because like Waldachuk and Sears haven't exactly been world beaters. But like Montas is just not that good. And he's hurt. He doesn't add any value to our current roster and that's all he's there for. Yeah. Like at least like Wall Tracker Sears could be like a a, a six starter or like a long man in the bullpen or just like something. Right. But, I mean, you know, when our when our fucking rotation is hurt, aka now. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, it's just I'm not trying to play like uh armchair quarterback, but at the same time it's like it seems like he's doing the same shit over and over again. And it's obviously not working. And I don't know how Al and ownership don't see that. I think they do. I just think they have faith that it'll eventually work and or the profits and ticket sales are not uh, forcing their hand. Probably the latter. Yeah, I mean, obviously, being a GM is a wholesale, right? Like, it's all about profit more so than just winning. But, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but you know what helps increase your profits? Winning. And I would never know that, you know. <laughs> like he would never know that. Yes. Yeah, and the the weird thing is, it seems like that was never supposed to be his team. I don't know if it was supposed. I don't think it was supposed to be Hanks, but I think it was supposed to be the son-in-law, uh, whose yes. la- who, whose last name is. And this is quite frankly the best last name for anyone in business ever. His last name is Swindle. S W I N D A L. But I'm pretty sure he got like a DUI and he divorced from the Steinbrenner daughter. And then George's like, oh, yes. well, shit, I guess I can't give the name to my ex-son-in-law now. Um, yeah, I heard the same. I heard the same story. So, yeah, it's just. I'd be willing to give him more time if uh, they change GM, but I don't think they're going to do that anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I, I'm just. I'm not saying I'm dead with the Yankees because being a fan and just go through these periods, but at the same time, it's like you can only do the same thing over and over again enough to where it's like, all right, well, we got to fucking change things up. Yeah, I haven't exactly been like uber engaged this year. You know, it's not like they, at least with like like the Red Wings or the Pistons, like even when they're bad, like, you know, I still have like that hometown connection. With the Yankees, that was something I kind of picked up as a kid. I don't really have that, you know, born and raised aspect to it, but like, I mean, it's still yeah. my team. I still chose them. I'm still going to, still going to be a fan. Still going to love them, you know, every year, but just, I just haven't really had the desire. Like I have MLB TV and I don't even watch like the Yankees every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's I, tough, I, Cause it's tough. It's honestly like hard to watch them fail because they've just gotten rid of so many 
don't know, not necessarily all stars, but serviceable players and like done things like the Gallo trade, you know, like fuck that. Fuck it. Fuck it. I, I like, look at kind of saw at Durant. That. He could be he could be what we needed Gallo to be right now, you know. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't understand it to begin with. I didn't think at the time we gave up much of anything of value. Obviously, Durant's been fantastic this year, and I don't quite not sure how much I buy him being able to repeat this in future seasons. I think he's at least a serviceable major leaguer, though, as a floor. But like, even at the time, yeah. it's like you look at the team they had in 2021 when they got Gallo. Like, what does Gallo bring that they didn't already have, other than being left-handed Giancarlo Stanton with worse offense? He didn't really bring anything like new to the table, and he didn't. Re- thus, he didn't really benefit the team as much as someone else with a different profile could have. And he got us Clayton Beater. He was, as far as I know, has been like okay in the minors. So yeah, cautiously yeah, optimistic yeah. about that. What, like, is he if in... That's the only thing that he brings us. Thanks, you know. I like mean, a decent, serviceable four or five guy. I mean, you know, the, the Dodgers have a good history of drafting pitchers named Clayton. So, you know, hopefully they can, uh, yeah. hopefully Beater can can turn into what his last name suggests he could be. I say that as he has a 5.73 ERA in AAA, but it is only two starts. So it's, it's not uh, not get ahead of ourselves there. Yeah, he's trying to refine his pitching repertoire. Oh, he had, he had a 2.08 in double A this year. So, and a 2.13 last year in double A once he came over to the Yankees. So, there's at least a decent track record in double A. I'm sure that the triple A numbers will uh, go down here pretty soon once they, uh, you know, it's a super small sample size. So, I, I, let's switch tracks for a minute. I have a DSAC related question. All right. Um, this is from my numerous, uh, inbox requests and it was a discussion topic that i think is worth at least bringing up and it's about how our leagues are large you know some of them are 14. yeah and (laughs) and is it like you know we have turnover quite frequently i mean i wouldn't say like all the time but you know for a league that's consistent like we have a lot of strong people in the league right like people that are never gonna leave yeah i would say we have a good like core like two-thirds of the league is like in this for the long haul for sure and i really enjoy interacting with all of them let's for lack of lack of uh going down the list and offs let's just say we have solid eight we got a core eight and like you know we've got a revolving like six ish of well more like eight-ish, because there's people that are in one league and not the other. Are we going to ultimately trim to 12? That's what the question really asks. Is it is the 14 going to eventually be 12? I think in a perfect world, 12 in all sports would be best. Obviously, there's not the, quite the demand for 12 in hockey. And by demand for 12, I mean for the, the people who would make up the difference the last two spots. I don't know if we would necessarily find any because I think it'd be most fun to have all 12 and all four sports if you can. Obviously, I don't think that's possible with how our league is currently set up, but I think if nothing else, it would probably be better for rosters if it was 12. But like, I don't know how you 
do that unless you have like multiple people like kind of powder up at the same time. Personally, in football and baseball, I like the struggle. I do. I prefer it. Um, makes you have to be more in depth and, and thinking forward thinking and uh, a 12. Yeah, obviously. I, I think baseball has got pretty, pretty much perfect as is for the most part. I mean, we have right. like, we have like a really deep minors. Most most teams have like twenty some prospects, so you already you're already outside like the top two fifty for the most part. Um, waiver wire is pretty thin, which I don't mind. Uh, but the the the, the only sport that kind of like really gnaws at me a little bit is football, and that's just the the scarcity of quarterbacks. Like it's. I, I say this yeah, as a I mean, team that only has one, so maybe I'm biased in this compared to a team that has like two or three like really good young quarterbacks. But like, man, that's yeah, that's gonna I be would, that's gonna be say, tough. In I like would three say years. the opposite almost. It's like you gotta be strategic about your quarterback playing. Like, like that's fifty percent of your game in football. You know, yeah. um, you really have to truly be evaluating quarterback and overpaying getting what you can get for a quarterback. I mean, uh, Superflex League, this is the first Superflex League I ever played in. And I was almost fortunate to have, like, a tanking team in the beginning so I could just sit back and watch, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just it's incredible what 14, like, I mean, theoretically, right, we have 14, so everyone should have two starters on their roster at all times, no matter what. And then, Inevitably, everyone's going to have somebody that's going to be on a bye week. You're going to have to play a non-quarterback in the super flex spot. Some of us might have that as our default roster. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I understand that, but it's like it's still strategy. It's still strategy, and I almost prefer that because when you go to 12, it definitely takes it down to where you're going to have more available, even if even if they're not everyday starters so you're going to get people that are backups but right now we have fucking backup fucking marcus mariota was making 26 million dollars last year yeah holy shit it just shows you how much it matters to play those games yeah and and most of that too was josh taking advantage of his massive salary cap space and just trying to like hoard quarterbacks and eat salary and trade them for assets which is immediately this year, the exact same thing, you know. Yeah, and now now that one team has seen that happen, yeah, I think more teams are going to try that, and it's going to make the free agency market for quarterbacks even more ridiculous. And I took the opposite approach, right? Like, I, I, you know, I was trying to overpay for them, but I was only willing to go a certain amount, and then I was trading my assets for players. Now, you know, it's like one way or the other. You gotta you gotta give up something future wise to get what you need. You know, it's it's. And in football, picks are, are worth it, you know. Yeah. They really are. I, I wouldn't know. I haven't made one in years. Yeah, picks are what you get at the end of the year, and um, you get to pick up a player that's drafted by an NFL team, just in case you didn't know. I, I do appreciate the refresher. It's, I haven't made a first-round pick since the inaugural <laughs> draft. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Jefferson was a second-rounder. Michael Pittman. Thank you very much. You haven't made one of those either. Uh, was Nico Collins might have been a second. He might have been a third, though. I, 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 either way, I'm I, 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 I,
either well if it was like a late second i think it could count as a fine late second for you're, you're talking like yeah. like 25 28 yeah. maybe yeah um, but yeah, essentially, Nico Collins is like the only draft pick of like note I've made since like you know football actually started in our league, <laughs> which is a sad, sad thing <laughs> to think about. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be an interesting year. This is basically my like I got nothing I can really do. Maybe see what happens in free agency, but you know, see if injury gods are on my side this year, or maybe I blow it up before the for the deadline. But blow it up, I mean, I go to Alex, like, hey, you have my first round picks. Please trade with me. <laughs> I, I am with Dalvin Cook and friends. Yeah, like, you want, like, a free Christian McCaffrey? I, I need my picks, man. This is, I, he's. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like, all right, either take my good guys now or give me my pick back. One or the other is going to be better because of this trade. Yeah. I mean, but, your luck last year had to be. I mean, I played fantasy football for a long time. It had to be one of the worst lucks that I've ever seen. I mean, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to not be. I'm not. I don't usually exaggerate, but I feel like I'm not exaggerating here when I say it's got to be one of the worst. I mean, there's lucks a, that I've ever seen. there's a reason why I have a, a ten page diary about all three seasons and why there are sickos in this league who enjoy reading it and get off on my misfortune. Like that doesn't happen when you have like. Oh, like I had like a running back miss two weeks. It it takes more than that to like get to a point where people I are like. I feel the cake had to be when he lost to uh, Josh. The worst part is like neither of us wanted that result. Josh is trying to lose. He puts up like sixty two points, and I can't friggin' beat it. That was just heartbreaking, especially since that one was decided because the Baltimore Ravens decided that, you know what, we don't want to tackle this tight end in the fourth quarter because we think he might have stepped out of bounds. We're just going to stop playing. Ugh. No, I, I honestly, I think the funniest part, and this wasn't even like the most consequential part, but I think the funniest one was that uh, it was late in the year. I forget what, what team was it where uh, – the guy was going to start. He got hurt in warm-ups, so I benched him. And then they decided, actually, no, we're going to just play him anyways. He sucked that week, but I forget who it was. Uh, was it Ellinger? No. No. Um, it was like a, a retread. Um, I'll, I'll control F in the document. I'll, I'll get named. The worst part is it's an absolutely awful, awful quarterback, too, but I had nothing else. Um. Oh, the word bench is in this document at least 10 times. That's scary. <laughs> uh, it might have been Chicago when Fields was hurt. It yeah. was Simeon. Yeah, Trevor Simeon. He hurt his yes. oblique at warm-ups, and it's like, actually, we we're going to start Peterman. So I bench him, roster's lock, and Simeon comes out for the opening drive, and I was so mad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Simeon was I don't bad. think it would have made a difference, but it was still like, okay, he would have been better than what you played if he would have done well or something. Yeah, it's like it's like, it's like, like being homeless and getting like a $5 bill from a man and going to like buy something at the store, but finding out the $5 bill is counterfeit. The $5 yeah. from it wasn't going to get you anything anyway, but like it's just like a, 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 a kick in the dick when you're already down. <laughs> yes, very much. No hot dogs for you. Yeah, so basically just hoping and praying that I used up a, a lifetime's worth of bad luck in three seasons and I can just 
maybe make a run this year, but um, I'm not uh, not betting my life savings on it. I'll put it that way. I, I don't blame you. I mean, it, it could go either way. You, like, you could win the championship and no one be like, yeah, that's crazy. That, that, I no think it, it would be a little surprising if I do it with only one quarterback. But I mean, yeah, but I don't know. I feel like at some point you'd make a move to where you'd get at least, like, I don't know, um, the, uh, like, let's say Davis Mills is, like, the guy because CJ Stroud's hurt or whatever, you know, do something like that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm pretty um, much leverage out of picks. I, I can't trade picks because I've traded out so far to the point where I know I have no shot of competing <laughs> in, in that year. Like, the yeah. picks I traded for Evans was, like, in my head, in my head, the line in the sand. Like, that's when all, like, like the McCaffrey and Cook contracts expired. So I know that no matter what, the next picks that I own are going to for sure be a tank year, and I'm not giving those up. So it's just a matter yeah. of trying to, you know, walk walk the, the the thin line there and try to keep my balance for at least this year. Did you see my um, my Ruby message with the uh, Netflix documentary of quarterbacks? Yeah, with uh, it was Mahomes' cousins in Mariota. Yes, Mariota. Like holy shit! What a what a dynamic there. Honestly, like you got Patrick Mahomes, maybe the best quarterback of this generation. You got Kirk Cousins, a guy who was like, he's playing out of his mind last year. He played really well. He's like, all right, on the cusp of being good, like like being a good surgical quarterback. And like, you think maybe, all right, Aaron Rodgers, you think Lamar Jackson, you think somebody like that might be the next guy, but it's fucking Marcus Mariota. Honestly, I think I kind of like that just because it gives you the dynamic of a guy who's kind of like a fringe backup slash spot starter. You kind of get to see like, okay, but what does the week look like from the the clipboard holder's perspective? Like you, you get to see no. the, you get to see it through the eyes of Mahomes and see what a, a an elite starter goes through. But then you kind of get to look at like the the unglorious side of the quarterbacks. No, I understand the contrast, but it's just like to see his name grouped with those people. It's just really funny. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's almost like thinking about like the Colts starting quarterbacks for 2010, 2011, and 2012. <laughs> Peyton Manning, Curtis Painter, Andrew Luck. Hmm, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speak, speaking of Colts and starting quarterbacks, if it is indeed Gardner Minshew for Week One, presumably Richardson starting by the end of the year. That means that the streak will go to, I think, eight different week one quarterbacks in a row. Because wow. 2017 was Tolson because Luck was hurt. And Brissett replaced Tolson before that game was even over. So 2017 Tolson, 2018 Luck, 2019 Brissett, 2020 Rivers, 2021 Wentz, 2022 Ryan, 2023 could be Minshew, and then 2024 would be Richard. Potentially. Yeah. That's just mind-numbing that you can the most important position in all the sports and it's a different week one starter <laughs> for that many years in a row is just wild. Yeah. That's a good one. Hey, I mean, maybe they'll get it right. 
I think Richardson honestly is worth a shot. You know, like give him a few years. If nothing else, he's he's worth the risk. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of a lot of risk with it, but but there's a lot of upside. There is a lot of upside. Yes, yeah. if if he hits, he's a incredibly unique talent at the position that we may not have ever seen. Yeah, he's like good Cam Newton on steroids. Yeah, like I, I think the comparison was like he's like similar height and weight to like Micah Parsons. <laughs> like there, there, there's a legitimate world where with the right strength and conditioning, where Anthony Richardson could be like a defensive end. Yeah, but instead, yeah, but instead he's playing quarterback and he runs the forty faster than any quarterback we've ever seen. So yeah, I mean. I- so uh, Wi-Fi, I dropped in my apartment, and we lost like 10 minutes of recording. But basically, after this Anthony Richardson talk, I went off on a, a tangent about how like the Colts have started a, week, a different week one quarterback every year since 2017. And I could stretch into 2024. Um, we left at the Colts a little bit. Uh, I think from there, we just went to – you switched up to like life updates. So I think you have yeah timeline, yeah, timeline on, uh, on your, your kid there. Yeah, timeline G unit. Uh, Graham, he'll be here in two weeks, two, three weeks. Um, yeah, we're everyone's pumped. The whole neighborhood's like throwing up gang signs about it, and uh, we're just all thrilled here. We're just really pumped for me to be missing. Yeah. We're just everyone's on board. Everyone's on board. Everyone's like, get that motherfucking kid down. So. Um, we're all, we're all pumped for this one. Yeah. Your wife doesn't have to worry about carrying another living being in her for much longer. I'm sure she'll be very comfortable once birth is over and the pain from birth goes away, but. Yeah. Yeah. So she is, um, she's ready to get that motherfucker out. He, uh, he, he essentially is a motherfucker right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're we're uh, we're all excited to get him here. We can't wait. We want um, that to happen as soon as possible. But August fourth is the deadline. You won't be here probably after. Um, if if he's here after that, that's news to me. But, yeah, yeah. come August fifth if you're still in there. Sorry, sorry, Miss Pingley, but you just gotta live with it for the rest of your life. You just ain't coming out. Yeah. Yeah, she um, she stuck with him after that because I'll be gone. It's not my kid. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So you're gonna have all these these late night feedings and changings, and we'll get to a point where people like me who don't have a kid or who the, those who have kids that are on regular sleep schedules now, we'll just wake up for the morning and we'll wake up to like 40 messages between you and Barry in the chat as you try to get your kid back asleep, and you guys are just bullshitting about prospects, whatever. Roster beating over. Yeah. Oh, Barry, yeah. Barry will be best friends yeah. talking about um, Rain, Kyle Manzardo yeah. or something. You Rain, know? Duncan, and Yankeel Fernandez. Dude, Yankeel is the fucking truth. He's already called Baby Jordan. I don't know if it's a good. Like, all right. Tell me this. Jordan's good, right? He's really good. But he's not a legend. Is it good to be called Baby Jordan if. If it's someone who's in Jordan's position, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't think it's bad if, as long as that player is in like their prime. Like, like Jordan is still like a, like a big deal right now. 
so I don't yeah. think it's like a thing. But like, if you're talking, you know, oh, this kid's like baby Giambi, like, eh, okay, maybe that might not be as <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that that might but not like, have as much. Emmanuel Rodriguez has been dubbed uh, baby Bonds by a lot of people, right? So like, that's cool. That's cool. But baby Jordan, I'm like, uh, that's coolish. But at the same time, I'm like, who's Jordan really? Like, he's 26 or something like that, you know. And part of like, that too, he's is, still a fucking baby. <laughs> yeah, some of that is like weird too. For me, like, it's e- it's easier comparison when they're on like the same team. Yeah, like, yeah. Like there was like a weird thing where so back in the day, the Penguins had Mario Lemieux. And shortly right. after that, they drafted a kid named Yarmir Yager. And Yaromir, if you like, do like the, the, the anagram thing, like rearrange it, it spells out like Mario Jr. Like that's cool. You know, like you have like two guys on the same team, but like you're trying to do like compare a guy in like a different organization, presumably from a different country, to like a, another player who's already in the majors. It just doesn't quite have the same like snap or kick to it to me. Yeah, yeah, but and then, and then they drafted a kid named Sidney Crosby. So yeah, that was after speculation about how how much that may have been um, aided by the lottery with Pittsburgh rumored to be moving to like Kansas City or something. But because that was a year that so the Crosby draft was after the the whole year long lockout. So you didn't have like standings to like go off of. So they had to like modify the lottery where technically every team had a chance, but like your odds were heavier based on how you'd finish like the last couple of years. So Pittsburgh right. ended up winning it on virtue of just not being very good. But the way it all worked out is it left a lot of room for like conspiracy theories just because you have this generational prospect coming in in a, a, a lottery where quite literally there was no standings last year. I, I don't actually yeah. I don't actually subscribe to that, but yeah. Yeah, so like calling a guy like Baby Jordan, it's like not a bad nickname, but it would be different if it was like a, an Astros prospect, basically is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, like uh if he was baby Larry Walker. If he was Canadian, maybe that'd be kinda cool. But I mean he's foreign, so uh, That's the thing. Yeah, after that, you had a really good uh, work story. So if you want to start that from the top, I think that'll actually be like really well received by the people. I think it's quite funny. Yeah. So tonight I went to an awards banquet, and it was a great banquet, and um, I received this award for my boss. <laughs> it was uh, top twenty under forty, and the top twenty under forty, like. You know, I'm under 40. They were like, your boss isn't going to be here. Um, she's going to be on vacation, so we need somebody who's under 40 to go. And contrary to popular belief, I am under 40. You just, um, you just had the hairline of a 45-year-old, but you are under 40. I've had this hairline of a 45-year-old since I was 13, so fuck you guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It's called a widow's peak for those that are uninitiated. And um, anyway, back to the story. The uh, <clears throat> the award banquet was uh, tonight, and 
I went and there was another guy there who actually was not um, receiving an award, but had requested to be nominated for this award. So he was informed today <laughs> that he was not receiving the award. So he went to this award banquet because my boss wasn't going to be there and was going to, he was thinking he was going there to receive this award for being top 20 under 40. This guy's just a real piece of shit. So it was amazing all the way around. Yeah. And, and me going in, accepting that award and, and him just having the pouty face the whole time was just, it was, it was, uh, I don't know, Beethoven is a good way to describe it. Yeah, and then meanwhile, you know, the person who is getting the award can't be asked to actually be there. So that's got to be even even worse feeling for him. Yeah, the guy from this co same company who actually did win the award doesn't care about it, so she's on vacation. Yeah, yeah, she was gone. She was like, hey, you know, I'm on vacation. This guy that's in my department can go receive it for me. But the, also the guy who asked to be nominated will be there also and watch somebody else get the award. Yeah. So it was amazing. During during the first telling of the story on the lost recording, uh, I kind of compared him to me. So if you want to kind of flesh out those character traits that I kind of latched on to in a self-deprecating manner, I think, <laughs> that, uh, I think that adds to the story a little bit. Yeah, he, this guy was like trying to seek approval and trying to be the best. And he was going to the boss to, you know, get that. And he, he was, he was uh, trying to be the best that there was. And he kept doing the best that he could. And then he, <laughs> and then he just sat there and kept doing the same thing over and over again. And then just got denied because he was just obviously not as good as everybody else and he just kept getting uh shit on by by everybody and that's this guy's life story so we've deemed this guy ron yep i'm never gonna look at this guy the same actually i'm gonna see a fish face every time i see him or maybe a hot dog i don't know yet why not both fish face hot dog wow just the, uh, the um, like like the the gills on like top like where like the, the neck would be on a fish if obviously fishes don't have necks but you know you don't you know what I'm talking about right like, right like, yeah instead of like uh -huh. instead of like like the fin there you just have like a series like hot dogs kind of like making up the fin yeah yeah or his hot dog has gills you know and fins yeah this yeah this guy sucks he's <laughs> not ready for a real life and. Um, yeah, he he doesn't have any draft picks. Let's just say that <laughs> he's got a got a long future. He's got a, a rough few rebuilding years with uh, no light at the end of the tunnel. Super gray hair at thirty four. Super gray hair. That's so. Maybe that's why he didn't win. They just didn't think he could. Uh, he didn't. He couldn't be a face for it. Like oh, we we can't pass this guy for under forty. He is, but he just he don't he doesn't look the part. Surely that's Maybe. the only thing holding him back. Is there? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I hope that maybe I'll maybe I'll tell him that tomorrow. I was like, maybe whenever <laughs> you were submitted, you know, like saw your photo and they're like, this guy's not thirty-four, he's forty-four. Yeah, you just, just give him give him a bottle of just for men and say better luck next year. 
<laughs> you know what? He's going to apply again next year. He told me he was. I was like, dude, go for it. Oh my god. Now now you have to go next year just to watch him react to not winning again. I don't want to be nominated for this award because I think this award is petty. I really do. Yeah. Um, but it's like to promote the business because these awards go into a magazine. Yeah. So it's really a business award, but still he didn't get it. And that makes it even better. And this one woman won it and she is a front desk person <laughs> at, at a apartment building. I mean, like she's the front desk person there and she won it. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, poke fun at anyone else's job. But from my perspective, it was just like the idea of how imagining how that guy would react to that. Like, yeah. Like, hey, yeah. Every, every, yeah. And every, then another guy for the post office wanted, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. I couldn't believe it. I was so thrilled. All the other awards were probably titles that were less than his. Like, not all, but like, I'd say at least 75%. And he didn't win, and it just made my day. Oh, just great. sat there watching him text his wife about how he deserved this award when, every, <laughs> when everybody else didn't. It, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. So that's life updates from you. Uh, not really a life update, but at the end of the month here, I'm going to a West Michigan Whitecaps game. I got a, a friend who lives over in the West Side, so another friend who lives over here on the East Side of the State, and I are going to carpool over watch a game uh jackson merrill will be on the opposing team unless he's called up before then so that's kind of fun and the first 1000 entrants get uh floppy hats so uh, mike will be sufficiently jealous oh jackson merrill and flop hats that's fucking great post-game fireworks uh, too but I, I figured the floppy hat was a bit more of a selling point than post-game fireworks yeah fireworks are cool but floppy hats are forever um, Jackson Merrill is also really good. Like I'm becoming more intrigued with his skill set. Now I haven't um, checked in on him lately. I know he started off kind of slow. Is he? I'm assuming he's picked it up a little bit. Or pop, or pop. He's uh, he's been hitting a lot more homers, which was his concern, right? He was going to be a hit tool guy only. That that McLean model, if you will. Um, Before Matt McLean just started hitting homers at the major league level, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, he's not going to hit in fucking uh, Cincinnati, you know. Yeah, it's but true. but that was the uh, you know that was the real concern. But like, he's hitting more homers, so um, it's not necessarily the concerns are gone away. But it's like, okay, he, he can do it. So um, I don't know if it's like a PCL thing, but whatever. I was surprised to see that Jack Samaro was on the team because, like, I would just—it was Fort Wayne, and I didn't expect Fort Wayne to be a uh, a Padres affiliate. That an IL league, or is that it's a uh... high A? It's the Midwest League. Oh, okay. I thought it was higher than that. I thought it was in Triple A, but no, yeah, this, this is only high A. But yeah, it's, it's a Padres affiliate, which surprised me. You would think they would be a little closer to them, but whenever they get low, I feel like Triple A is the only one that's like, like specifically close, right? That makes sense. 
Yeah. Um, it's like typically, and sometimes double A, sometimes double A, because you know some people get called up double you know, A if they're on the forty bands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, usually it's triple A's um, purposefully close to the uh, major league affiliate. I actually got a really funny like ho- hockey related one with that when it comes to like affiliates and not realizing where they are. So, uh, first of all, there, there's a junior team, which is not an affiliate in London, but obviously being from the area, I, I know that London is a city in, a, in Ontario. It's, you know, kind of close-ish to where I grew up. It's not like on the water, but it's like not too far inland. So I understood that, but the LA Kings, their AHL team is the Ontario Reign, you know, like R-E-I-G-N, like, you know, the yeah. tying with the royalty. Like, right. okay, that's, you think you would, I mean, LA is like on the West Coast, Ontario is like pretty far East. Like, I don't, how does this make sense? And then like four years ago, I learned there was an Ontario in California. Like, oh. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty big hockey guy. I, I tend to know, you know a decent amount about that they're, like the AHL teams and whatnot and can, can probably name the AHL affiliate for more than half the league. But like, yeah, I just saw Ontario. Like, yep, that's just. They just have their AHL team in Canada, and that's got to be a real bitch to call a guy up halfway across the, the planet. <laughs> like, yeah, know. yeah, that would be uh, that would be bad logistics for yeah. sure. But, yeah, so we'll we'll see how how Merrill plays. It'll be kind of fun. But yeah, I think I think you'll you'll get a good one out of that. I saw the the Rays play in um, in Lynchburg. A few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And, and they were good. And I also saw the Red Sox play. And I will say, out of all the players I saw between those two teams, Roman Anthony was the best player by far. He's not drafted in DSAC, so if you're still listening, <laughs> that's a nugget. That's a nugget. He was phenomenal. Yeah. He's going to shoot up draft boards or rankings he'll be top 100 by the end of the year okay oh that'll be interesting uh another player on that team is named henry henry that's what that was kind of fun yeah um i didn't necessarily pay attention to him i don't remember anyone with the last name henry or the first name henry so yeah but the 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 white caps have some decent names jackson joe was currently on the seven day il I don't know if he'll be back by then or if he would even be lined up to pitch, but that would be kind of cool to see Joe pitch. Um, right. There is a player on the Tigers minor, in, on this high A team named Carlos Pena, which is kind of funny. He's a pitcher, yeah, ironically enough. Because um, I know he, people think of him as like the home run leader from Tampa Bay, but he was in Detroit there for a few years before that. He was. There's a Carlos Mendoza. That's kind of fun. Uh, Jace Young is obviously on this team. So is Isaac Pacheco. So there's there's some Roberto Campos. There's some respectable names on this Tigers team that I'll be going to see. It's a lot of for, fun. for a second, I thought we were talking about the Kansas City running back. Wait, what? A, I forget the last name I said. You said Pacheco. Oh yeah, yeah no, you know I Isaac, not Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just immediately went there. I've been looking at some early draft boards and stuff, and you know, modern, obviously, he's, modern day Bo Jackson. Actually, fun fact: like, 
just can you imagine just like being a successful NFL player and just in your over your summer playing high A ball, riding the bus with a <laughs> bunch of eighteen year olds? Dude, can you imagine even thinking about doing both of those things? Yeah, playing both like, sports in, in general is kind of wild but being at like such wildly different levels in the two sports it's just kind of funny to think about yeah yeah like hey i'm a beginner here but you know whatever like i mean obviously you know bo did it dion did it uh brian jordan did it i'm right blanking on if anyone else did i'm sure i think there's another couple but those are the, the big ones at least i mean i guess you know there's a whole espn 30 for 30 jordan rides the bus but those weren't like at the same time. Right. Like he wasn't playing basketball at that time. But yeah. So. So so another. How much time we got left? All right, we're probably what we got twenty minutes on the spot. What do you mean? Before the recording cuts. Yeah. Um. Another another life thing. Did you know? That when I was in college, I fell off the building. I didn't, but after what you said about um, your office building, you know, I think on the on the lost recording, I wouldn't be surprised if it like yeah. falling off the building was like going onto the lawn because it's at you know in the side of a hill. But you probably didn't go to college in Lynchburg, so. No, I didn't. I fell off a building. I fell off the third floor of the building. Jesus! And I landed on my face. I wasn't always that, this that, pretty. That ex- I was going to say, that explains a lot, but in the other way, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I landed on my face, and I got airlifted to a hospital. And um, I only fractured my scapula. For those that are uninitiated, that's the bone that connects to your, um, from your back to your shoulder, basically. As I say, how do you fall on your face and fuck someone up on your back? <laughs> Because it wasn't just my face. It was like face, shoulder, and like oh, it was man. essentially the left side of my face and shoulder, I guess. Right. So it was like the impact to my shoulder fractured my scapula. Well, at least your collarbone was intact, I guess. Yeah, I was kind of surprised, but I was, I wasn't really like, I'm going to fuck you up every day of my life shape. Like I could... I could have done anything at that point in my life. I was super strong. I was in shape, and uh, I yeah, it was it was a really bad bad deal. I was I was uh, blackout drunk. I hopped over to my neighbor's balcony and I knocked on their their sliding glass door, and I said, "Hey, let me in. Let's have fun." And they were like, "Go home, you're drunk." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> And I tried to hop back over, but I didn't set the bottle I was drinking down. And um, I was drinking a bottle of 151. And I know you don't know what that means. I don't. So oh, oh, are you, are you talking about, like, is that, like, proof? Um, 151 is the proof of this bottle, yes. Okay. I understand um, what that means. That's essentially just two times the alcohol content. So you're talking, like, 75% alcohol. Yes. Yes. So it was um, 75% alcohol, and me and my buddy and earlier that day and, like submitted this project, and we were drinking that. So I ended up with a bottle somehow, and, and I was hopping back over. And um, when I hopped back over, I had the bottle in one hand, and then the other hand didn't, uh, like when I was, 
resting my hand on the um, the railing to hop over. It slipped and I took a tumble, essentially. <laughs> and I fell three, three uh, stories to the bottom. And luckily somebody saw me. And uh, yeah, I got listen to UVA that night. UVA was like the trauma hospital area. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're okay, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was an ordeal. It was an ordeal. They wouldn't let me drive for three weeks because no concussions and things like that. But probably still residual um, alcohol from a proof that high. <laughs> probably probably still legally in, drunk a week later. I was in ICU for twenty four hours, and then they let me go. Um, they were mainly waiting for me to come come to. But uh, yeah, it was it was a real ordeal. It was a real ordeal. But yeah. my uh, parents were not happy. I was twenty. I was twenty. So I bet. So yeah, they weren't happy. But. Yeah, yeah. The the airlift helicopters are always so weird. So my office or my desk rather, because office it's it's a lab. We don't only have an office in the lab. We just yeah. have just desk at the end of our I've benches. Seen, I've seen but, photos. Yeah. Yeah, but we have. The side of the, the building that I'm on is like the same side that the, that the helicopters land on. And when you hear one take off or you see one like land or whatever, it, it really does kind of like emphasize just like how serious the situation is. Because like you don't use helicopters for like a broken arm. So it's, it's just kind of weird to see like like a helicopter take off or land. You're like. Do they have yeah. a name for your, for your helicopter? I think it's just survival flight. I, I, Ours was called my, the one that I rode, called Pegasus. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if they have individual names, but I they're, like the helicopters in general are just called like survival flight helicopters. Well, they only have one helicopter, so but yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's always kind of weird yeah. to think about that and like you know just how normal your life is and just think about what someone else is going through. And you see that it's kind of wild. Yeah, it really is. Because, like, for me, it didn't happen. You know? Yeah. I never was part of that experience. I was never, I like, I I remember drinking and then I remember waking up in the hospital bed and saying, fuck, and pulling the catheter out my dick. I did that. That sucked. Mm. Can you imagine something in your penis whenever you wake up and you didn't know it was there? Holy shit. You it's know, like the worst I, thing ever. I can't say I had ever thought about that or imagined that before now. So, yeah. That's that, a little that, nugget for you guys. That, it's insane. It's insane. It would be quite the uh, quite the, the experience. Like, what the fuck did happen? Yeah, dude. Like, I, I was used, at that point in my life, I was used to waking up from hangovers, but then I woke up and I was in a hospital and it's like, God damn it. Um, yeah, and then this nurse came into my room, and she was a fucking 12 out of 10, and, and I was trying to get on her, like, I remember very little of this, but my dad was in the, um, (laughs) my dad was in the, uh, room with me, I, (laughs) like, she was, like, coming to the bed, and, like, checking my vitals, and, like, leaning over, and I was like, "Mm." And my dad was like, 
reaches over to me and goes, no, it's okay, son. It's okay, son. <laughs> Jesus. Trying to cover for me because he knew I was like actively trying to, to like tell this nurse, let's do it. And uh, I still thank him to this day for that. Yeah. But, uh, and so I don't really have any like weird medical stories. Like the only thing I've really even gone under for anything was wisdom teeth. Uh, and apparently in my like doped up stupor, I asked for them back. So like I kind of like come to in like the car ride home a little bit. I'm like, why do we have teeth? And I was like, I oh, don't you know. You you asked for them. I don't know why you have them. I go, oh. all right. It's not nearly as entertaining of a story as you falling off the balcony, waking up in the hospital. Rod, just be thankful you don't have the story like I have. I mean, like I, I would, I would give so much to not have that story. I had to sit out that semester because they wouldn't allow me to drive for a month, um, because concussions, and they were like, "We just want to clear you," kind of thing. Yeah, no. Because apparently, when you have that kind of like when you hit your head like that, you can black out again. It's not necessarily hundred percent, but you black out again. So I had to sit out that semester. So I had to graduate in three and a half years, you know? Yeah. So, so essentially what happened is you were the, the academic version of Tua Tagovailoa. Like, oh, wow. We, we, we can't risk you that's having a low, another one. That's here. a little blow. That's a little blow. <laughs> um, I hate being compared to that guy because he was a lightweight. Um, but yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, well, Theoretically, I went for four and a half years because um, to get your CPA, you have to get 150 credits. So four is 120, so five is 150. So yeah, I graduated in four and a half years because I sat out a semester because they let me medically withdraw from that year. It was only like uh, a few weeks into that that year. But yeah, it was uh, it was a fucking it was a fucking thing. It really was. You got a medical red shirt. Yes, I did. I took a COVID year. <laughs> yeah, so, well, at least you got it done in the end, though. That's the important part. Yeah, here I am. I'm still here. Yep, and, you know, with it, without that, hey, maybe you wouldn't be in this position now welcoming a child in two weeks. Butterfly effect and all that. Yeah, dude. Honestly, uh, it was a great thing to happen to me because it made me put my head down in the books. And I probably wouldn't be where I was today if it wasn't for that. I don't like to say that because that's cliche as fuck, but, you know, it is what it is. When uh, when, when G-Unit's getting married, you say, the only reason you're here is because daddy was drunk at age 20 and fell three stories off a balcony and woke up in the hospital with a catheter in his penis and was very confused. Yeah, I can't wait for that speech. It'll be electric, I'm sure. It'll be electric, no doubt. No doubt. Dude, I'm, I'm pretty pumped to be a dad, to be honest with you. I can't wait. I am uh, trying to figure out if baseball or soccer is the best option. Uh, how about Dana White's new slap league? <laughs> what if, what if uh, he does the uh, amateur version, you know, yeah. like starts early? Yeah, the, the, there might there are probably a four H program for it. Four H program? Holy shit! Well, You're on to something, bro. 
I, I was just being, so when I played roller hockey growing up, I did it through like a 4-H program. I never was actually in 4-H, but 4-H like sponsored a roller hockey league. And like, that's like the only, my only connection to it. So I just kind of thought about that, you know, with the 4-H kind of sponsoring just like youth sports and just how funny it would be to like say it was Ron White's 4-H slap camp. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, that would be awesome. What if we called it, uh, Schindler's list 4-H I don't really want to have my name associated with it. I would just kind of come up with a really stupid idea. I don't want to open myself up to lawsuits or judgment. You could make a lot of money, dude. You know, they're... It's almost like how Michael Vick was... Uh... Michael Vick was... <laughs> <laughs> doing things, you know, like... He was playing dog and... And, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think I think you got something going on here. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so this is <laughs> of, of all the moments in the DSAC Fantasy Podcast history, this is one of them. Uh, <laughs> okay, so yeah, soccer or baseball. Um, I mean, look at the deal Messi just got to go. Be on an MLS team. I think soccer wouldn't be a bad. Uh, bad or Mbappe. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, who knows what that's going to happen there? It sounds like he wants to move to Madrid, but that'll be that won't be like as like impactful as like, hey, we're just going to give Messi like all the TV rights to like play for like Miami. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, like um, David Beckham essentially became like a billionaire because of his deal, right? Yeah, so like when the league was like half the size, he got like what was it like uh, the option to buy a team at like thirty percent of the price or something later on. Well, it wasn't necessarily thirty percent of the price; it was just a set price, and then it became thirty percent because he was came over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it was insane the deal that he got. Yeah, that's good though because if there's one thing you can say about Messi is that he probably hasn't made a ton of money in his career. I'm sure he'll he'll relish the opportunity to become rich for once. Yeah, I do. I I would uh, I mean I would never want to be to follow in his footsteps or his career. Either. Yeah, it's what a fucking lazy piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's only one way to describe him. But... It's like a Stephen A. take, you know, or yeah. a Kendrick Perkins take. <laughs> So if, if you go what is, with... What is the ESPN doing with keeping that guy? People talk about him, I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, I, that I've, guy... Like, I've, I've probably said it before, but, like, my personal favorite, like, talking head in sports is, like, Rich Eisen. Like, that's the type of, like, programming I would want to have if I had my own network. You know, a little funny, a little lighthearted, a little serious, but, like, not, like, hot takey. I mean, I know he's a Michigan guy, so you favor him regardless, but he's good. But, like, the whole ESPN, like, Dan Patrick, uh, um, even even Colin Coward was, like, he was sensational in his views and takes, but, like, he did it in a good way to where it was, like, sensational but contained and not, like, outrageous always. You know, he might have an outrageous take from time to time, but, like, 
no one was sitting here saying, this guy fucking is losing his mind. Like, why would he say this? Yeah. Because like, that's how I feel about almost everything Kendrick Perkins says. I think he could say he about, like... trying to play race and things like that and everything. And I'm like, dude, like, come on. Like, let's keep this about sports. Yeah, he was. I... Like, of, of all the people, too, like, you want, to, you want, like, the least consequential of, like, that 08 Celtics team? All right. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for the, that team, basically. For right. everyone else but them. Like, my, my favorite part about Perkins' career is, I think he was on the Cavs at this time. It was Curry and Draymond, like, mocking him. I think Draymond was, like, mocking, like, pom-poms to him, like, calling him a cheerleader. And I think Curry was, like, a lot more quiet and, like, to the bone. It's like, oh, you're not playing tonight, huh? because like, he was in like street clothes or something. Because obviously, at the time, he was like the like he was like the sixteenth man on like a fifteen person roster, essentially. And, right. Yeah. But with with baseball, though, with your kid, you, what you have to do is no matter what he wants to do, make him left handed from a young age. Dude, already already planned. I'm gonna make him swing left handed for sure. Like throwing left handed, I'm not as old on. Like. That's kind of like by design, in my opinion. Like you just are, are like born with whatever that is. Well, but I want him. I want him to swing left-handed. Yeah. I mean, Billy Wagner famously broke his right arm as a kid, but wanted to keep playing baseball, so he taught himself to throw left-handed. So, I, I think with you know, if, if you start him off left-handed, he should be able to pick it up pretty easily. If so assuming he wants to play baseball, of course. But yeah. right, no, I. I you know, the ambidextrous thing is like a thing that people try to do, both hands. Yeah. But I'm almost like, let him do the left-handed, left-handed or right-hand throwing thing, but make him swing left-handed. Yeah. I just think there's too many advantages to this. Like, if he's going to play baseball, obviously, but like, he needs to swing left-handed. Yeah. I would say in throwing, because then you end up with like, you, you don't have, you that. You don't even have to be good. You can just be Oliver Perez and like have like a twenty-year career, but you're left-handed, so teams will keep signing you. That's fair. That's fair. But, but, I feel like the swinging left-handed is like if you have a sweet left-handed swing, like everything that comes in my mind, King Griffey Jr. Like to me, the sweet left-handed swing, King Griffey Jr. Very bonds like those left-handed swings are the sweetest of all time. Yeah. If you have one of those, like you can do anything. Yeah, one that I think is like the, the swing doesn't really match the talent level, but like Aaron Hicks from the left side was a really nice swing, but obviously not on the level of like Bonds or Griffey. <laughs> R.I.P. And then from beauty in more of a chaotic way. I like Harper's swing. Obviously, I'm biased there, but I think he has a, a nice-looking swing, but it's, like, a lot more, like, it's trying to, like, it's, like, trying it's to, like, compact. kill the ball, whereas, you know, like, Bonds or Griffey was a little bit more, like, smooth. Yeah, right, right. But, yeah, for whatever reason, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, lefty swings just look better. It, I, I, the only thing I can think of is it's probably just, like, the natural fall off to the first base side, whereas, like, right each kind of, like, stop. Your swing backtrack and then go. Whereas, like lefty, you, so you, you can like afford to fall that, off on that side. That you're still like uh, the Michael Vick of um, of child slap slap boxing or slapping, right? 
why are we still making this, com <laughs> this comparison? Jesus. Yeah, we're going to have to, like, Spotify makes me tag it clean or explicit, and we're going to put an explicit tag on it just for the, the, the fake references. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, I mean, I'm just trying to bring this full circle. And um, I think I really do think that you had something going there with with you doing the uh, uh, Michael Vick slash Ron uh, Schindler's list slap boxing for slapping for, for amateurs for five year olds. Yeah. Five five U five hundred. Yeah, have some some age classes. Five U seven U nine U eleven U. Yeah. So okay. So another life update. So you know how I've been doing the boxing. Yeah. How is um, that going? Are, are, are you are you finally stop getting blown up every day? No, no, I'm gonna get blown up every day if I'm there. But but I met a guy there who does. Have you ever heard of street beefs? Heard of what? Street beefs. I I don't know if you're talking about like. A food truck, or if you're talking about like under, it's, like, it's like underground, videos. okay. I was gonna say, so like, it's probably like, haven't heard of it. that's okay because I hadn't heard of it. Um, like, I heard of it before him, but I, I didn't hear of it until like probably the past three or four years. Um, but there's these uh fights that just occur in backyards, and it's just called street beefs, and they're on YouTube. It's got like Billions of followers, and are you you trying to be I, the next Kimbo Slice? Exactly, that's exactly what it is. But a guy there is training, and he does that. He does street beefs, and I'm like, holy shit! I don't ever want to get in the ring with you. That's um, like, like, how does that work? Like, do they like monetize the YouTube videos and they like pay out the fighters? Or? Yeah. Yeah, they, they pay the, the fighters a set number of dollars and then they monetize the YouTube videos. Yeah. Man. So they like, give them like a couple, like a thousand dollars and they're like, all right, cool. It's like MMA um, and like boxing and stuff. You're already causing like permanent damage to your body for like money anyway. I can't imagine being psychotic enough to do it for like pennies for like YouTube fights. Like obviously, yeah, well, like you said, it's not quite care pennies, about but... YouTube money because they're getting paid a cap of set cash number. Yeah, that's just. And then, like these other people are reaping the benefits of that cash money for, in perpetuity, you know, for forever. Yeah, as it is, you know, and you know, you're always gonna have those residuals, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, by, like your slap boxing idea yeah like by, so. by residuals it could be like money or it could be like recurring headaches from cte you know residual and on both ends i couldn't believe this guy this guy he's six foot six 300 pounds like not, <laughs> not a fat guy but lean lean enough to be like you wouldn't think he was 300 pounds but at the same time muscular enough to where it makes sense like, was like holy shit you go fight for a, not necessarily a living but for fun you know and get paid to do it yeah that's that's not someone i want to get into a, a fight with also mainly because i'm five foot eight 147 but right you should not get in the ring with this guy i, I probably shouldn't get, uh, probably shouldn't get in the ring with anyone <laughs> at that size 
That's fair. Although, I've been taking a lot of side bets on you versus Alex, so. <laughs> God, that would be. Uh, that, would, that would not be a good fight, I don't think. I, I, I like Alex's odds in that, but that would be. It would be more entertaining for the, the awkwardness of it than the actual. Yes. Yes, it would. But you've got a lot of money on you, so just just to let you know. So people have more yeah, faith in me than I do. Yeah, you're gonna lose a lot of people a lot of money if you don't uh, don't do this right. I mean, I have experience with that, like with like walleye football. So you know. <laughs> wow, too soon. Mm. But all right. Um, when when do you think would be an appropriate benchmark for us all to actually meet? I don't see why it couldn't happen like now-ish, but yeah, right, like in the next year or so. Yeah, like the, the main issue is like, man, fucking plane plane tickets are like expensive still. Right, we'd have to pick a destination. All right, so let's solve this right now. Where would be an ideal destination for us to all meet? Um, a serious let's answer say every, or like a let's funny say answer? Everyone involved gets on a plane. You want a serious answer and or a funny one? Both. The funny one is gonna be Troy's house or some property that Troy owns. Um, and who owns? Papa Troy. Aikman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's. That's actually the real answer, but yeah. Where's the serious answer, though? I, man, what would be? There's not really, like, a good... It's got to be closer to the East Coast, right? Because, like, how many people are over here? Like, I feel like it's the majority. Yeah. It's really just, like, Spencer and Tom out on the West Coast. It could honestly be Kansas City, right? Like, yeah, it could be there. Because we've got enough people coming from not the East Coast to where people from the East Coast could go to Kansas City. Yeah, that probably would be like the most like logical one. It is kind of like the the, the most like center of the, the continental U.S. that we have to make like the distances for everybody else meaning. And it's a city with an airport, right? Like I'm trying to think yeah. of that too. Oh yeah, I'm I'm familiar, I'm familiar with the airport. I had a cousin who graduated from St. Louis, which is historically on the other side of the state of Kansas or Missouri, rather. Sorry, I San Kansas City, yeah, uh, on the other side of Missouri. But when I flew down with my aunt and uncle to watch my cousin graduate from chiropractor school, uh, my uncle accidentally typed in Kansas City because he was traveling for work, and that was like a more like common place to go. And we kind of didn't realize so the flight tickets were already booked. Like, oh, we're gonna have to like rent a car for like three hours across Missouri. <laughs> So there's definitely an airport in Kansas City. Yes, there is one. I I think, okay, so if we were going to do it, it should be, what, like, not November, because that's, um, that's Thanksgiving. Well, maybe, like, early November could actually happen. Well, let me, uh, let me do a quick Google here. When are plane tickets cheapest during the year? Um, apparently, winter months are 
Yeah, so November is probably the best time frame, like early November or early December. Yeah. So we've established it. We're going to get together early November or early December this year. Oh, this year? Oh, really, really? Okay. I mean, hey, as long as it'll work out logistically, I mean, you're going to have a three-month-old. Yeah, uh, you you'll probably need a break by that anyway. Your, your wife will be ha easily able to handle that. She she won't need a break at all. Um, yeah, dude. yeah, she's she's great. She'll be good. No one no one cares. Yeah. At that point, I almost wonder if it'd be easiest to like fucking like depend. Well, depending on where we go, I mean, I don't know. Are we just all crashing to Alex's house, or <laughs> are we like like teaming up to like? Get share like hotel rooms or something or what? That's a good point. That's a good point. So do we just change, transition this into Dallas? Uh, I mean, essentially a plane. It's like the same, right? Like you're taking you're taking one plane to one place, and we're going to the middle of the country, and. Dallas and Kansas City have to be within like a reasonable time distance of each other from for the people coming from the West Coast. Probably, yeah. How many is it? It's just Spencer and Tom. Yeah. So it's essentially all in time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because um, I guess. Vegas to Dallas would be easiest for them. Yeah. For but sure. I think Dallas would honestly be probably better for everybody too. I feel like that's a bigger airport. Yeah, we all so, just, we all just grab sleeping bags and crash on Chris's basement for a week. Yeah, just just uh, and then uh, Tom can sleep in uh, his roommate's bed. Too. <laughs> yeah. Instead of Senator Mel, he could just uh, sleep in their room. Yeah. Maybe Paolo as well. <laughs> just just a, a D sack stack. <laughs> oh, Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. I think that could, could happen. Yeah. So we just need to get we just need to beat Dick Rachel into this and then we'll call it that. Yeah, we just need to we need to. If you're still listening to this point, Chris, uh, you've been volunteered into this, so you can't say no. Because of right. the, I mean, what are you going to do when like eight of us show up on your doorstep? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's the commissioner, sure, but like he can't say no. Yeah, we'll we'll do what uh, what the the crazy Republican governor is doing and just like bust a whole bunch of migrants and, uh, and by migrants I mean DSAC people right through his doorstep. What is he going to do? Say no? Yeah. Yes. We are his responsibility at that point. Yeah. I think I think we just figured it out. Yeah. November, December of this year, we will all show up at uh, Chris's house. Or Alex, but probably Chris's. Yeah. Alex is too nice. I don't wanna I don't wanna inconvenience Alex. I'd much rather inconvenience Chris. Well, I think Alex would be on board with us going to Texas because Alex is also had time in Texas, you know. Yeah, so. that's true. 
He could uh, It'd almost be like just like a regular trip for him. Yeah. I'm sure he'd love to see his brother-in-law. Alex, Alex will laugh at that. Um, yeah, we've all got a plan here. And then we can, Sean will be there too. Yep, Sean lives in, I think he lives like pretty close to Chris actually. Yeah, exactly. So we can like, half of us can go to Chris's and half of us can go to Sean's. Even better. Yeah, and then we can meet up and like form a Captain America type thing, you know. We'll really annoy the hell out of the Chipotle workers going there every day. <laughs> Eight of us walk in. We got six Chris blowout bowls coming hot. <laughs> in my head, like I can just picture you know, like like the slow mo montage of like like a bachelor party, like a bunch of people like rolling up to like a, a like a casino or something. But instead of the casino, it's just Chipotle. <laughs> yeah, it's not a person, it's a fanny. I can't say I've seen yeah, the movie, but I, I know where you're going with it, but yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I think that I think we've got it figured out. So Dallas in uh winter of twenty four or twenty three. We're good to go. Just gotta leave my family and my kids behind, you know. For the for the bros, right? You know, it's it's a D sack is life. It's more important than being a father for a week. They've been around longer, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry, G Unit, but you've got a few years. You're a few years behind here. This is what this is his learning lesson in life. If you would have been part of this before, then you know it is what it is. Got to teach him early. Yeah. I think I think we we came on something uh, big here, not including that, but still yeah. including. It might be easier too for those three, you know, depending on how close they are together. The Pennsylvania boys may be right. able to just like get on the same plane or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to hear Mike's take on this. Honestly, that's who I want to hear the most from. I think it might be funny to, or I know Chris sometimes is behind on the podcast, so it'd be really funny hearing people talk about it in the chat and Chris like we what? Yeah. Everyone jamming <laughs> over Chris. <laughs> excuse, excuse me. But don't you feel like that should happen at some point? Like we've invested too much in this for this not to happen at some point in yeah. our lives. Oh, for sure. I think I yeah, okay. I would definitely enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, even if it was like a weekend, you know, like three to four days. Yeah, I mean, still enough just to kind of hang out. I think it would be probably best if we could like if there was like a specific like event we could kind of like do together, like related to yeah. the like, like go to a Cowboys game in Dallas and have VIP tickets in a box. See, I was thinking more like a league event, kind of like like a draft or something. But well, that too. But if we were going in November, or December, there's no no drafts going on. Well, baseball rookie draft could be potentially. If you, I mean, it's already after the season anyway. That's fair. So That's we fair. could we just kind of postpone a little further, and we could knock out a lot of it in person. Right. You do that and then also go to a Cowboys game. Like, man, plane tickets are expensive enough. I don't wanna I don't want to think about what a Cowboys game would be on top of that. We can go for free. That's true. Just show up be like you know we we uh we're we're friends at Troy and just you know what they can't stop eight of us, right? <laughs> yeah. We know Troy. Troy's our boy. 
All right. So in my uh, excitement to talk about Corbin Carroll, as Ping brought up, I closed off the podcasting to oh, pull, go pull up Corbin Carroll's stats and we lost that part of it. But yeah, we had a good John Smoltz talk, how he was originally in Detroit, a little bit of Greg Maddox and uh, the big contract he signed that inspired Ping to try to become a pitcher that before that fizzled out. But yeah. So essentially Corbin Carroll, really tiny, but somehow really good at hitting for power the opposite field. That's what you missed. Yeah, Corbin Carroll somehow is better than physics. And uh, he's doing it, even though he shouldn't. Yeah, it, does, it truly doesn't make sense how a guy that size can hit the ball consistently the opposite way for power. But I'm well, happy he's doing it on my team. I'm getting elected to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, not the Hall of Fame. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, Jesus. I, I thought I was, like, loving my guys a lot. Uh all-star game i was like holy shit this guy is a little dude he might be mistaken as a child yeah and, and i was like this, there's no way he would know i just watched some videos after that i was like he really is he's doing it he's fucking just hitting tanks left and right it, like uh, it's the, the speed is probably my favorite part just because it's really fun to watch a guy go like home to third in like five seconds Maybe uh, Jordan Lawler will be the same thing, you know. Man, he's been pretty good here the second half. I, I almost, I, mean, I we're, almost. We're clearly not in the second half. The, the, I know what you mean. The, the second, the, the second half of the first half, clearly. Um, yeah. No, there was there was a good photo on like a like MLB pipeline or something from like their Instagram uh, from the features game. It was Lawler turning a double play at second with uh, Marcelo Mayer sliding in. I almost shared it to the chat just to be spiteful. But I didn't. Well, missed an opportunity. Yeah, is what it is. I'm, I don't need to to talk down on Marcel Mayer. He's a very quality prospect in his own right. He just happens to be a uh, a Red Sox, and I couldn't have that on my team. So. The Red Sox have been drafted well, and it fucking makes me more mad. I mean, like kind of like what, whatever happened with like Nick York? Didn't he like really fall off this year or last year or something? He. Um, his average was supposed to be his carrying card, and he, and it fell off. Yeah. But, but they drafted uh, Kyle Teal this year, who's a UPA prospect. Yep. But a catcher, who could be a really good hitting catcher, and he's like essentially major league ready. You would think with the last name of Teal, he would go to a different ACC school, maybe North Carolina, but is what it is. Well, I guess that's baby blue. That's not really Teal. It's pretty two different, yeah, two completely might, different shades. Might you. But but regardless, I was really shocked he fell that far because he was a number one catching prospect, and uh, the Royals drafted a high school catching prospect before him at eight or seven or something like that. Well, I know the Royals changed regimes. Maybe they just didn't like Kel Teal's answer if he masturbates or not. I know that was the thing for a while with the, with the Royals organization. Like, do you watch porn? Like, okay, maybe make your decisions based off baseball talent, but what do I know? You, I, granted, me and the Royals have like the same number of like AL Central. And no, they did win the AL Central, I assume, in 2015. Maybe 2014, too. Well, Aside from those two years, they've been really bad. Purple sounds a real thing, you know? They have been really bad, though, outside from those two years. That's what I'm trying to get at. They're not drafting based off talent correctly. 
But hey, they, have a, they have a strategy. They're fucking sticking to it. Yeah. I can't believe how poorly they are at pitching uh, development, though. Like, they've drafted so many pitchers in the last, like, six, seven years, high, highly in the yeah. draft, that have, like, not done anything. Like, Singer's had his moments, but he's still not quite what he was expected to be. Daniel Lynch, I'm still waiting on him to do anything. Uh, who's who's the more, like... Kawar. Yep, him. Asa Lacey hasn't done much. Nope. But a little old... Uh, Frank Mazzucato is doing it. Let's, right. let's name the uh, Kansas City rotation right now. God. Jordan Lyles is in there. Bra- so is, Brady, uh, Brady Singer. So is Cranky. Yep. Yeah, you can't after that. Like we've we've done our due diligence. We know that that's it. Yeah, like. Carlos Hernandez is a name, but I'm pretty sure he's in the bullpen now. He might he might even be on he a different be, team. He might be an opener. Yeah. Dude, yeah, Kansas City, they're fucking phoning in. Actually, I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure Lynch is up, or at least he was recently. Yeah, Lynch might be four. Might be. We don't know. Let's call it three and a half. Yeah, I mean, but... But yeah, I mean, like, uh, you've got so much talent. Like, Bobby Witt, that Mendez kid. Um, Pasquantino. Did you see the interview that Pasquantino had with Chris Rose, uh, the, like, the other week? No. I just saw, like, snippets of it through, like, the John Boy thing. But, like, uh, I don't know what the context was. But Chris was asking him, like, hey, Vinny, are you, like, busy in, like, December or anything? He's like, no, I don't think I have anything going on. He's like, actually, uh, wait, I am busy in December. I'm, uh, I'm getting married. <laughs> and then like during the interview he had to ask his wife a couple things like like wait baby do i have to be clean shaven or not okay i do okay and he was telling chris like actually uh, are, are you taking my last name or are you taking are you keeping your own like, oh, i'll take in yours they go like, oh, okay good to know because all these things like he didn't apparently like ask his wife in advance of the wedding he's chris rose is just That's randomly asking that. him he's like come on dude really you don't know anything about your wedding dude i i uh, i I mean, life comes at you fast. I was I got married old, right? Like I was 30, 33 when I got married. And uh, yeah, I mean that shit will come Well, there is. I don't know what to make of the Royals. The, that division in general is kind of just bad. But they should be good at some point. But I don't have faith. I mean, yeah, the Indians just have listen. A lock on essentially just because they can develop pitching. It is impressive. They've been doing that for like 15 years now. Well, maybe even later because you can go back to like Sabathia and Cliff Lee, even though Lee wasn't drafted by the by Cleveland. But like right, but those two were really good. Um, Fausto Carmona was pretty good for a minute until we realized he was older than he what he said he was, and that wasn't his name. Um, fun fact: that was the first autograph ever pulled from a pack of baseball cards was Fausto Carmona. Um, you know, then obviously in recent years, Kluber, uh, Carrasco, Bieber now, but uh, before then too. Uh, you know my first uh, baseball card autograph pulled? I don't. Um, Alex Verdugo. Yeah, you, you did kind of start later on that than I did, so it makes sense. Yeah. When I, when I pulled packs... 
prior to now. Um, yeah, it was uh, autographs didn't come around. Yeah, you were you were in the I, the. I, I saw something today. Of the do you know the first jersey patch card? Aren't they from like late '90s Upper Deck? Yes. And they go for like a shit ton of money. It's a '97 um, King Griffey Jr. They call it game jersey. That's what yeah. they call it. That that so as a hockey fan, that's what that suit does. Hockey cards is upper deck, so I'm I'm very familiar with that line. But yeah, that goes back to then. And out of curiosity, I was like had some save searches for some hockey ones for a brief period of time until I realized they were going for like hundreds of dollars. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna not. <laughs> I'll find something else. I I looked it up on eBay, um, and I thought I think the only one that I saw was fourteen thousand five hundred dollars for the King Griffey Jr. one. Yeah, it was it was graded a ten, but like. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that those late nineties upper deck game jersey cards are ridiculous. To be fair, it was also in person audited. But... Oh, yeah. They'll add a little bit on too, but still. You, you gotta think even without the grade without the card or without the grade without the auto is still probably in the thousands. Right. But I, I had no idea that was the origin of it until like I don't know yesterday or like this week yeah autographs go back to like the early 90s but wasn't really like popular then i found out like years after the fact uh my family took a vacation to myrtle beach when i was younger we bought a box of cards and i was going through some of them i found the cards from that set like maybe like five or six years ago and i saw we had like an autograph from that that i didn't know because it was signed on the back that was kind of cool and it was about yeah, it was a, it, it was the autograph window was like on the back of the card, like on the front of the card. They obviously, have the photo on the back. They have like a little headshot with like some information, and they had a little like white square below the headshot for an autograph on like a very for like one player. It was the first overall draft pick from the prior year, but the guy busted really hard, <laughs> so it's not really worth it. Alexander Dag, D A I G L E, very French. Yeah, never heard of that guy. Yeah, the, the, the funny part is, in like a post-draft interview, he says, you know, they never remember who goes number two. And second overall <laughs> second overall pick that year, do you know the name Chris Pronger? Yeah, I've heard that name. Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, they do remember number two, Mr. Dag. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's a very walleye moment right there. That's, a, that's something the walleye would say before something happening yeah yeah i mean mark mark table has something to say about that yeah Oof. all right man well it's been good i don't have any other life updates do you have any uh no uh, my life stays the same pretty much <laughs> so not a lot really uh, going uh, on there. Are the walleye uh, seeking any uh, female attention at this point? Uh, I mean, I've, I've had like or, dating apps or, for a while. Or male mal attention, whatever your preferences. I've had dating apps for a while, but I haven't really been like too focused on them. I don't really think I want kids, which kind of really basically makes the pool of potential people to date like very minimal. So, 
I ain't to worry about it. I'm more focused on other shit and when I, I mean I was an only child growing up, so I'm kinda used to doing my own shit. Don't mind it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I I don't I don't blame you on that. Sometimes I mean, sometimes I think that's the way. I mean, hey, I got I got you guys, I got my fantasy team. What more can a guy need, right? Uh, take it to uh, Dallas, Texas. That, that too, yeah. November or December. Yes. Got to emphasize that here before we wrap up, right? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, November, December, book it, guys. Yeah. We're going to Dallas, Texas to, to meet at Troy's Ranch. Yeah. When, when, when you all hear this, because you all listen before Chris will, just uh, tag Chris in the chat, say thank you very much, and don't uh, elaborate yes. further. Don't elaborate. Just say thank you, sir. Yep. All right. Well, that's all we got here. I'm going to go play the new Immaculate Grid that comes out at midnight and see what I get on it. All right, man. Have I'll a, talk to you later. Have a great end. I'm glad I could help you kill some time. Yeah, man. See you.